Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Boy, that was great worship. Great worship, great word. And my desire is to continue with exalting Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit, because that's who we came uh, to worship. And so I want you to kind of keep in the same mind frame that the songs were, the words of the song, the words that came forth, keeping that same mind frame. I'm starting a series that's titled, Who We Are. Today's message is titled, Why Do, Why do We Exist? Why Do We Exist? And so in Impact Churches, which is a group of churches that we are related to, and there are different places in the United States, Virginia, different places, uh, North Carolina, uh, we had a conference. And this is one of the things that all of us had assignments to do is to make sure that the congregation knew uh, who we are as a church. And, of course, the church is the called out assembly. Is that correct? We're not talking about these walls here. The building is called Cornerstone Community Church. We're talking about the called out assembly. That's, we'll meet at this place, and we call ourselves Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, uh, but it doesn't matter because we're Christian. We are. Now, the first thing I wanted to do is today lay a foundation and, 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 and kind of build on it for the first thing is why do we exist as a call out assembly, we call that mission. Mission answers the question, why do we exist? So why do we exist? Why are we here? Because at one time, we were not here. Is that correct? At one time, we were not here. So why are we here? At the end of the message today, I want us to be able to answer five questions. You don't have to know the questions, but I want you to know the answer to five questions. The first question is, how did we come into existence? How did we come into existence? The second question is, will Satan, world system, our flesh, evil, pain, um, Sickness, disease, evil people, evil things going on. How can we expect to be happy in this life? How can we expect to be happy? That's number two. Number three, what is God's glory? What is God's glory? 
And the last one, how can we glorify God? So let's jump right in on that first question. How do we, how do we come into existence? This, uh, our scripture that we'll be in most of the time will be Isaiah. So let's turn to Isaiah. And you can look at that. Take a screen over there. Isaiah chapter 43. Let's look there. And that's where we'll stay most of It has all the answers, basically. All the answers you need is right here in Isaiah. And pretty much we're going to go right down uh, from verse 1 through verse 7. How did we come into existence? Some people say, well, we, we are evolved. You know, we evolved. But we know that we didn't evolve. We know that. Now, this is the backdrop of, of, of Isaiah here. He is letting the people know that you are not doing too well here. And you need some reforms. You need to, you need to change your ways. And so in that situation here, verse 1 says, But now, thus says the Lord, Yahweh. Thus says Yahweh, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. So we know he's talking to Israel. Isaiah is, is prophesying to, he's talking to Israel. And God says, that he is Israel's creator. So, and, and, and if you go back in the scripture, you say, well, uh, was there ever time there was not an Israel? Yeah, yeah, there was a time there was not an Israel because he, God used uh, Abram and he brought forth all the Israel, he brought them forth, so he created Israel, he created cornerstone. They called out assembly. You didn't evolve. God created. He formed us. And let's go to quickly another scripture. Let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 3. When did he do this? Did he do this? Uh, when my mother and father uh, came together. What, 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 when did he do this? Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. When did he choose us? Before the foundation of the world. Before we ever existed. Because we know that Adam and Eve, they were, uh, they were created and formed after the world was formed. So he says that before the foundation of the world, that 
he would be holy and blameless before him. That we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Let's go back to where we're going to spend most of our time. Isaiah chapter 43. So if I ask you the question number one is how did you come into existence? As a church? As a call out assembly? As Willie Taylor? As Whoever, how did you come into existence? Were you, you know, through osmosis, how, how did you come into existence? And the answer would be, come on. You know, God created us. He formed us. He, he, he's the one who decided all these things before we were ever thought about by our parents. He did this. It was God, our creator. The one who formed us. Question number two. Will Satan, the world system, the flesh, evil, pain, sickness, disease, all this stuff that goes on, and you, you hear people uh, against one another, um, all these type of things. Uh, I, don't, I don't care whether it's ethnicity. I don't care whether it's political. I don't care. It's people against people. You say, how can we live a really happy life here on this earth. How can we do this? Let's answer that question. Now, we're not talking about some group of people who are so holy, so pure, they haven't done a thing, and all this stuff is coming against them. We're talking about um, Hezekiah. He, he, he had some reforms. And his son, Manasseh, he re- reinstated idolatrous worship. And Isaiah had to, had to warn him of the, of the Babylonian captivity. You stop this stuff. But God had him tell the people, but I'm going to preserve you and I'm going to restore the nation. Even though, even though. You have been disobedient, stiff-necked, even though you've been idolatrous, even though I put you in captivity, I'm going to bring you out. Now, that, that to me is a good God. Because I know that if you're like me, we are not perfect except in Christ. Let's go to a little further down in verse in chapter one. I would think that all this stuff that's going on in the world and how am I going to live a happy life when I, you know, think about the beatitude, I want to be happy. And he tells Israel, he tells Isaiah to tell him. Do not fear. That's what he says. This is in verse 1. In in, in verse 1. Do not fear. Do not fear. 
then if you go to verse 5, he says it again, just in case they missed it. Do not fear. I know, you know, we're talking, I know about the Babylonians. I know all this stuff is going on. I know that you've been treated wrong. I know all these things. I know you're going through a hard time. But even though, do not fear. God is so encouraging. So encouraging. But why should I not fear when I turn on the TV and, and you hear all this stuff about, you know, uh, all these different nations. They want to send missiles over here. They want to do this and, and, and all this stuff going on. And they want to impeach this person. They want to do this. And, and this is going on here. And, uh, athletically, and all this stuff is happening. Why shouldn't I fear? Why shouldn't I fear? And if, if you've been to the hospital, why shouldn't you fear? I mean, it's filled. It's filled. Why shouldn't you fear? The doctor told me, hey, you, 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 you're going to get out of here. You, you're not going to stay here not, not, not another night. You're not staying here. I said, what? Well, man, give me another round of antibiotics. I, said, I don't want to go home and then I have to come back. He said, you are going home. There's nothing wrong with you. You're going home because you're going to get sick up in here. <laughs> That's what he told me. And he had on a mask. <laughs> in my room, a mask. Why are you wearing a mask now around me? I mean, you know, if you're going to send me home, you know. He said, you walking down this hall, man, it, it, it's uh, all this flu going on, pneumonia going on, man. He said, he said you get sick up in here, I'm going to send you home. And he did. He sent me home. Against my wishes, he sent me home. <laughs> you know. He said, okay. So why shouldn't I fear in situations like that? And my doctor asked him, have you had a pneumonia shot? I said, I don't know. You know, you got a computer. You know, look at it, man. I don't know. You know, and I talked to him like that because, you know, he's a Christian and, and uh, he understands. And he asks me things uh, rather than tell me things. Uh, do, do you want to take antibodies? If I take antibodies, what, what's, the, what's the downfall? What, I mean, what, what's going to happen? He said, nothing. I mean, let's watch this thing. I said, okay, all right. No side effects, okay, all right. So he asked me, because he know I won't do it if I don't want to do it. And so he tries to work with me. He tries to work with me. Why shouldn't I fear? Why shouldn't I fear? Why shouldn't I fear going back to the hospital again? Why shouldn't I fear? Why shouldn't you fear? There's a lot of stuff going on outside there. You know, people are sick. People are coughing on you. They're shaking your hand. You know. Yeah, they are. They're shaking your hand. I guess, I guess you, you let somebody shake your hand. You know. But somebody gave me this. Everyone just people shake your hand? Or something like that. Every time they shake your hand, man. Okay, all right, no problem. 
I'll put another washing thing over, over here. Now, you can't wash enough to keep the germs away. You know? Everything you touch got germs on it. You know? You're going to have to trust God. That's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to trust God. So the first question answered, we know, we were created by God. God formed us. Second question, uh, why should we not be, you know, concerned about this thing? And God says, do not fear. Why shouldn't we fear? Because, man, I can't live a happy life, all this stuff going on. Well, let's, let's go through, uh, starting in ver- still in verse 1, what God says about this thing to Israel when they are going through a whole lot of stuff that we are not. We are not in captivity. These people, you know, they, they were going through a lot. So why shouldn't we fear? He says, and, and, and thank you, Stella, for picking the song and everything, all the singers and everything. I started to say, hey, give me those words, man. They, they go right with my words, and then I'll have you come back up and sing this thing. Uh, but it won't work out with communion and all those type of things. But it goes right along with it. So think about what we sang. Think about what the words came for. And let's read the word of God. It says that do not fear for. That means because. Don't fear because I have redeemed you. That's what God says. I have redeemed you. He said, I have called you by name. It's not like, you know, uh, well, you got a hard to pronounce name. Kaylee E. That, I mean, that's kind of hard, man. And I want to try your last name because that's kind of, it, like it might be kind of hard. And then if you have a, you know, some, sometimes people have these interesting names, you know. Uh, not not Kaylee E., but, but, um, uh, but I'm, I'm speaking of, you know, um, you know, people in the, in the Middle East, I mean, they have some interesting names. It's hard to pronounce some of the names. So he says, I have called you by name. So he knows every single person in Israel. Every single person. Matter of fact, he knows every single person in the world. He can call every single person by name. By name. Can he? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So he knows our name, and he won't mispronounce it, Kaylee. He won't mispronounce it, brother. I guarantee you, he knows you. Then he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I said, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. You don't have to be afraid. You know, like we have a, a hospital, a, a couple that go to the hospital. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to put on a mask if you don't want to go in the room, you know, Beck and Brian. You don't have to do that because he says, I'm going to be with you. That's what he says. That's what he says. Now, we know it's true because we know that it's already scripture when they pass through the waters. He was with them. He says that I will be with you and through the rivers they will not overflow you when you walk through the fire. You will not be scorched. Matter of fact, nor will the flame burn you. We know that's true because 
It's already scripture. But do we believe it for us? That we can actually be thrown in a fire because somebody doesn't like us and we don't get burned because God likes us. Do you really believe that you can be sick and God can bring you through that? Do you believe that your loved ones can, uh, you know, be whatever they, they, that people may say about or whatever they may be going through? Because people are going through a lot of things. Their children are going through a lot of things. Their family members are going through a lot of things. Uh, we've had deceased uh, 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 loved ones. Don't you know that God says that I am with you. I'm not going to leave you fatherless. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to uphold you. I don't care what you're going through. I'm going to bring you through it. That's what God said. He says in verse three, for I am. The Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I have given Egypt for your ransom. Ooh. When you, when you, when, when do you have to ransom somebody? You know? When you have to ransom somebody? If, if somebody... You know, if you watch TV sometimes, you see somebody take somebody's child, and then they say, well, you give me $10,000, I give them back. This is a ransom I'm going to give them. God says, he says, I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in your place. Now, why would you do that? Why would God do something like that? Listen to what God says to Israel, and of course, if he's saying it to Israel, if we be Christ, we're Abraham's seed, heir to the promise, and the church, we are the spiritual Israel, so he's saying that to us, and he says that, look, I'm telling you, I'm doing this because you are precious in my sight. Precious. How can, how can God call these people, I mean, we talking about, we talking about Manasseh, we talking about idolatry, we talking about people who are, who are stiff-necked, we talking about all this, and he says that you are precious in my sight. How can you be precious in God's sight? And, and you know, you understand. Since I, since you are honored, honored, come on. Are you calling those things that be not as they were, as they were God? Are you, what are you doing? Are you charismatic or something? You've been watching too much TV, man. You better turn on another channel. You know? Since you are honored, and I love you. I love you. 
when God chooses a people. When God makes a covenant. He keeps covenant. He's a covenant keeping God. And when we're in Christ, we're in covenant with Almighty God, and God is going to say the same things about us. I'm going to bring you through whatever you're going through. And I don't know what each of you are going through. I know what some people may be going through. I know what I'm going through. And I've heard what some people are going through. And you don't, have to, you don't have to tell me. I mean, we're living in a world where, I mean, there's sin because of Adam's sin. And so things just going to happen. And he says that you're precious in my sight. I'm honoring you. And I'm going to keep covenant. So therefore, I'm going to bring you through. I'm going to bring you through. He said, I will give other men in your place. My goodness gracious. And other peoples in exchange for you, your life. Now, that's, that's, that's love. That's love. That's love. Because back then you had, you had uh, you know, heathen. You had Israel. And he said, I, I, I'll give Egypt for you. I'll give other men for you. I'm I'm a I'm a satisfy that you you are mine. I'm gonna keep you. So he says again in verse five. You know I read that before. Do not fear. Okay, I got it. You said it before now, and now you're saying it again. Why are you saying it this time? For I am with you. I will bring your offspring. Oh, now now we're talking, because everybody who has a child wants God to bring their offspring out of bondage. And he says that, (laughs) that's what he says, I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far, from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Because see, they're in captivity; they're spread all over the place. And God said, "I'm, I'm gonna call them. I'm, I'm gonna call them back. I'm calling them out." And He's telling. He's telling. He's telling Satan. He's telling all the demonic forces, "Give them up. Give them up. Don't 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 keep them back." And see, some of our children may be in bondage. Some of them might not be following, you know, your directions like like they're supposed to do. You know, they might not be doing what you want them to do, the way you want them to do it, or the way they should do it. They don't listen to you. But God says that I'm going to tell the enemy, give them up. Give them up. They're mine. They're mine. He says that, I said, I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. Then he, he, he says, okay, uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's another. Then number three, why, why, did, why did God 
call us into existence? Why, why did he choose to do that with us and with Israel? Why did he choose to do that? Oh, listen, listen, listen to verse 7. Answers that question. We're on, we're on number, number 3. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created. Now here, 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 here's the answer. For my glory. Whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Why did he do it? For his glory. Why is he going to bring them from far off? Why is he going to tell the enemy to give them up? For his glory. For his glory. Your mama said that uh, vi- uh, our mission, uh, the mission statement answers the question, you know, why do we exist? The answer is for God's glory. That's why we exist. That's why he called us out. That's why he's with us. That's why Israel exists. That's why the church exists. For his glory. That's why. And you say, well, okay. Number, number four would be, what is God's glory? What is his glory? Well, I could give you uh, some scriptures, but let, let, me, let me do, give you scriptures, but I'm not going to turn to them. You remember Revelation? Um, is it's in is Reve- you can put it on the screen, Kelly. Kelly, yep. It says Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. This is so cool. This is so cool. New Jerusalem. How many of us want to be at New Jerusalem? When, New, yes, yes, yes. About ten of us. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Where the rest of y'all gonna be? <laughs> In, 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 in New Jerusalem, it, it says something there. And uh, basically, it says there, 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 there's not going to be any need of the sun, the light from the sun, or the moon. Not going to be any need for that. Now, do you realize that if we didn't have the sun and moon, do you realize how dark it would be? Especially on a day like today, you know. It'll be the kind of dog, you know, it's not, sun, sun can't get through to all the clouds, stuff like that. He says, not going to be in the need. Why isn't there going to be a need, God? Why is there going to be a need? He says, because God Almighty going to be his light and the sun, you know, he's going to be the lamp. Can you imagine that, that when, when we're trying to say, what is God's glory? Because we're still answering that question. What is God's glory? God's glory is, it, 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 you can't hardly explain it, because glory is, is like light. He says, he says that you can't, you remember Moses uh, said something, which is cool, which we should say, hey, God, and we, we might have said it today, show me your glory. Show me your glory. What did he tell Moses? Oh, no, 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 no. You can't, 
No, you can't see. Uh, you can't see my glory, do you? Do you realize that if you see my face, anybody who see my face, they can't live. Now, now, what I can do is show you my goodness. I can hide you in a cliff and rock, and I can pass by you. And I can, I can proclaim my name to you, but my glory, uh, you can't, you, you can't see that. Now, now, so what will glory be? Now, can you imagine going to the sun and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to catch a, a shuttle up to the sun, and I know that I'm supposed to have on this, this uh, heat-resistant suit. <laughs> but what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you how bad I'm. I'm going to pull this thing out and say, hey, what's going to happen to you? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You, you won't have to worry about being cremated when you die. <laughs> That's right. You see? So, so, so God is, 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 he is, he's life, he's, he's, he's infinitely perfect in everything. Matter of fact, uh, it says like in, in the last one, how can we give glory to God? Well, we can't give God glory. That's number one. God has all the glory he needs. He's perfect. His glory is perfect. We can't give him glory as far as, hey, here's some glory. You need it. No, no, we can't do that. Now, we can, we can acknowledge his glory. We can acknowledge that. We can acknowledge that God, oh, you, you're infinitely, infinitely beautiful. Uh, you're like light. God, uh, you're... you're you know, everything about you, your goodness, your love, your every, everything, every attribute we can name, every characteristic of God is infinitely perfect. That's glory, though. That's glory. That's glory. And he wants us to acknowledge that I am perfect. There is no one like me. No other God before me. There's no other God. I'm the only God, only true God. And I want you to acknowledge my glory. I want you to acknowledge my goodness. I want you to acknowledge my mercy. I want you to acknowledge all my attributes because I am perfect for you. For you because I love you. You're precious in my sight. And see, that's why we praise. Because of his goodness. And who wouldn't want to praise the perfect God who has done everything for us and we are his. There's nothing we can do that's going to take us from him because we're in him. Jesus has died for us. He's ransomed us. I don't care if you're sick and someone says, man, you don't, you not going back to the hospital again. How many times are you going back to the hospital? I don't know. But I know one thing, that by the grace of God, 
I'm coming out. You know? By the grace of God. You know? And someone said, well, you, are you going to speak? Today, I mean, you made me say, are you going to speak? Today, I mean, you, you just got to. I was going, did you pray for me? <laughs> oh, but, but my daughter, brother, said, man, they, they, they stopped the service a little bit and they prayed for you. Then they started back to, to worship. Well, don't be like the person. They, 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 the whole church was praying, and here's the man of God knocking at the door. Hey, let me in. And she, and she runs and says, Hey, he's out there. Oh, he's not out there. Let's go back to praying. <laughs> what? If you're praying, come on. I hope you hope that the prayers are answered. And if your prayers are answered, then I should be able to come out and, and, and come right on up and be ready to go. Right? I, I know that Jesus, I know that what, what Jesus did, uh, I think he was at Peter's house, and, and uh, Peter's mother-in-law was, had, a, had, a, had a fever, right? Well, don't you know, they asked me, have you had a fever? Because, you know, when you have flu, you have a fever sometimes. And she had a fever, and he touched her. What did she do? And the fever left, and, and she said, hey, give me, a, give me a wheelchair, give me a rocking chair so, so I can sit here and rock for a year or so. You know, what did she do? She got up and served him, didn't it? Jesus said, hold it, hold it. You, you, you just, man, your fever just left. Right? You just had no more. So what? I had. Come on. Right? So what? You got whatever the doctor said you may have. So what? Your child might be uh, whatever your child might be. That's temporary. That could change in a second. That could change. Your child can be in the presence of worship and it change. You see what I'm saying? We have to start believing what we say. You see what I'm saying? Next week, it'll be something else. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.